Well, it's officially the weekend. Anytime after one o'clock on a Friday is the weekend. So we thought, well, let's just remind you what it's going to feel like. Amy Faku in doing our way. So uh, we will give you a little bit more music a little bit later on on the show. Nine minutes after two, it is Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Mudina right here on SAFM. Now, I belong to a WhatsApp group where I witness a conversation between people around how nobody wants to stay here anymore. And before you jump into conclusion, this was not white people. This was everybody was saying, well, you know, I'm planning my way to Australia, to America, to Canada and so on. And this was quite a deep conversation because everybody was saying, well, even if I stay, I'm definitely sending my children over either to study further and so on. And so when I saw what I'm going to tell you about now, uh, a blog that came through very recently that said, contrary to popular belief, more South Africans are returning home than public perception. I really was thrilled to see this. And I thought the best people to ask about this is Homecoming Revolution. Homecoming Revolution has been doing stellar work over the years. I've known them for, for many, many years, where they started getting um, professionals to come back home. Uh, we saw an exodus of professionals. I'm sure you remember after 1994, where people, you know, left for all kinds of reasons. And Homecoming Revolution started this movement where they were encouraging professional South Africans to return home and come and build this country. And so when I saw a blog coming through, I thought, you know, what a better time to ask them, how well, what is the status quo? How are people reacting to movement, obviously, at this time, uncertain time? And the thing is, the uncertainty is not only in South Africa, around the world. There are all sorts of other issues. So my guest, Angel Jones, is joining me on the line now to unpack this and give us the real stats. Thank you very much, Angel, uh, for coming through. And are people really coming back home? Thank you. Hi, Camilla. Great to be on your show. You. I think what's very important with all the figures going around is that they aren't actually very um, easily accessible, concrete pe- numbers of people coming and people going. Instead, what we seem to measure are the trends of desire for wanting to leave and desire for wanting to return uh. home. What we have just done is a survey of over 2,000 South Africans living abroad. And of that, 34% of those South Africans want to return home. Sorry, let's just get, what, what, what is that number? 34% of South Africans living abroad want to return home and 22% of them are still undecided. So we, it's easier to measure the desires of people. And I think the other, the recent brain drain reports as well, measure the inquiries about leaving versus the actual number of Uh people leaving. So I think, you know, what what we say at Homecoming Revolution is if you have the desire to want to go abroad and have a look-see and get some international experience, by all means, go and get that because your um, international exposure is so good for when you bring it back back home. Mm. I personally lived in London for seven years myself, Mm. um, but being back, I wouldn't choose to bring my children up in any other country but here. Um, and and I think the same reasons are, are, are what people are returning home for. The main reason is friends and family, being able to have um, kids growing up with grannies and grandpas close by mm. and being able to run barefoot on the lawn. Our, our weather and lifestyle and our sense of belonging comes up as number two reason for people wanting to return home. Wow. The reason they're going, in fact, is for career opportunities. Isn't that and interesting? And when we look at our current economy, um, and and the the, the um, opportunities within the economy, they aren't necessarily as great as internationally. So we believe that as the economy starts to improve, 
and we will be able to attract our skills back home in greater numbers. You know, Angel, you make an interesting point about the reasons people are leaving. So the reasons people are leaving is for better opportunities. Uh, I was told at some point that I think some professionals will be earning better in doing the same job in other countries. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for instance, in Europe, the economy wasn't doing so well for a while there since, what, 2008? Exactly. I think, you know, people do believe that the grass is greener abroad, but it's only once you've been there mm. and that you actually see every country has its problems, their pros and cons in every country. I mean, one of our um, homecomers recently said, South Africans need to be far more positive about their country and appreciate what they have and fight to keep it. I'm sick of being asked in disbelief why I left England. South Africans think everything is better abroad. They actually need reality check. Is that actually the thing? Because I I think you may agree with me that people who actually have been exposed to other spaces where either they've been traveling for work or whatever, they know intrinsically that this is better. So is, is it this thing about we think that, as you said, you know, the grass is greener, but when you actually experience it, you realize, well, it's not quite true. And I think, Pamela, it's, it's a very um, personal reason for coming and going. Mm. And I think people do feel differently. In fact, the people who are most, um, you know, the, the international South Africans who really run the country down, they are the ones who are most homesick. They are the ones who <laughs> the country so much that they feed off the negative news and, and you know, it justifies their reason for being away. Um, you know, personally, for me, when I lived in London, it, it was great. It was, but I'm, you know, I never really felt big emotions. So I was a little bit happy and a little bit sad. Mm. Whereas being home in South Africa, I'm very happy and I'm very sad. Yeah, yeah. It's a big roller coaster of a life, um, and it and it personally suits me better. So I think it's it, it, we can't necessarily put, you know, one size fits all on on people coming and going. I, I think also. I've cautioned parents on saying I want to go and live abroad now for my for my children. Um, you know, we do have a very good um, private education system here if you're able to afford it. But if you, the, the, the type of education you get in South Africa um, compared to what you would pay for it abroad is, is incredibly affordable. Mm-hmm. And also, I think, you know, many parents take their young children and then sit there abroad and are very homesick and their kids are freezing cold all the time and they don't have family around them. And actually... Children are happy when parents are happy. Mm. So, so, you know, I think that I would encourage people to go onto our Homecoming Revolution website and look up all the stories of people who've returned home. And, they, and they're very honest stories, warts and all, of, of the good things and the bad things about being home. You know, absolutely, our crime is unacceptably high. Our levels of unemployment are a big worry. We say to people, you know, those challenges, come and see how you can fix them. You know, don't wait until it gets better. Come home and make it better. We've, we've got a very long way to go, though. Um, and, and, and we're very much interested in, in helping those people come home who want to actually come and be part of the solution. To, to what extent, Angel, and I mean, I take responsibility myself as being in the media, to what extent is how we tell our own stories part of the narrative that people buy into? So when you watch any Hollywood film, for instance, there is always a sense of pride. You know, the flag is flying, whatever. There is a staged America that the world has bought into. Whether it's true or not is one story, but the, fa- the fact is... There is this this um, belief in the country itself that is sold to the world that I don't think we have, for instance, here in this country. I think that we we need more of that. I think brands South Africa are doing um, 
a job, but I think we as a brand ambassadors here and abroad need to do that. I mean, there shouldn't be anything such thing as an ex-South African. Um, we need to be publishing the good stories that are, you know, currently the rand is, you know, sitting at thirteen ninety-five to the dollar. Mm-hmm. Our beautiful and global youth choir, who are recently on um, the the American Got Talent show, our, our South African teenagers who constructed their own airplane and flown it from Cape to Cairo. Yes. There are very good stories happening. They are out there. I think, in general, though, you know, with the classic sale, if it bleeds, it bleeds. You know, mm-hmm. negative stories do get more clicks, and mm-hmm. that's just the way it is the world over. Mm-hmm. You know, and if I look at America, I see when Trump got in, I saw half the people said they were going to immigrate <laughs> to Canada. <laughs> so I think, it's, I think it's perspective. I think as South Africans, we could all do a much better job of, of being proud about our country. There is, There are good things happening. Yes, we've got a long way to go, but... You know, let's all get together and make it happen. Okay, so let's take your calls and see whether you are thinking of leaving the country and why you're thinking of leaving the country. And I'll be asking my guests, uh, those who do come back, what are the main reasons they come back? I'll take your calls on 0891-104-207. Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. 20 minutes after 2, Angel Jones uh, from Homecoming Revolution. She's the CEO there. She joins me now because I came across a blog that said, contrary to popular belief, more South Africans are returning home uh, now than ever. And uh, obviously, I was uh, one of those people who believe people are thinking of leaving. I've been exposed to those chat groups, you know, where people are saying, well, I've had enough and I'm leaving this blah, 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 corruption, da, da, da. And I, I was really delighted and I thought Homecoming Revolution can sort of clear it up for us. I've got Craig on the line from Pretoria. Hello, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hi, can you hear me? Lovely, Craig. I can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, listen, I, I was just listening to your program. I mean, I love my country. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in a business where I contribute towards decision making mm-hmm. uh, in South Africa. Um, but, you know, I must tell you, it's becoming quite hard for me. I've just had the, my fifth burglary where they absolutely wiped me out. Sure. They took all my electronics. Sure. Uh, they, they crawled around my house. They, I was, they, they were in my house for two solid hours. So, you know, you say, okay, that's South Africa. And, um, you know, we contribute to research in this country on this particular issue. Mm. We present to government the, the, what they need to be doing, what the people of, for example, of Gauteng are saying needs to be done. The government hasn't released the report. They're not interested. I've spoken to the Hasentain T station. I said to them, guys, you need to come and uh, take fingerprints here. I haven't seen the investigating officer in two weeks. They've done nothing. So, you know, these are critical issues. And and my kids are not coming back because, you know, one's in Japan and the other one uh, is in the UK. And my daughter won't come back because she's petrified of the crime situation in this country. And, you know, it gets extremely hard when you've had those sorts of things, five times burglary, two of them aggravated, one with a gun against my head. Mm. And you start to say, is it really worth it? Am I going to continue to stay in South Africa, which I absolutely love? And one of these days I'm going to be murdered. Craig, let me me ask you this, Craig, your business, you're running it from home? Uh, No, I run it. uh, My company's got its own offices. Okay, but you were saying they were in your home or were they at your offices? No, in my home on uh, for two hours from three o'clock in the morning until five o'clock in the morning, uh, robbing me of all my electronics. Everything is gone. 
Um, and I just can't afford to replace that equipment that they've stolen. Craig, when you went to the police, you said you, you know, you've shared some ideas, you've told them what you think needs to be done. What do you think needs to be done? Look, you know, I can't go into too much detail about this particular research yes, yes. that we did. Okay. But, but the, we interviewed people across the whole of Gauteng, asking them what they believe is critically required. And the people of Gauteng have answered the, the, the government. And they have done absolutely nothing about it. Nothing about it. The one most important indicator that the people of the province have indicated need to be uh, sorted out is the response time to Mm. Mm. an incident being reported. Mm. The police took two hours to get to my reported uh, crime situation. Mm. Uh, It's not acceptable. So, I mean, I don't even know how to take this thing forward. I, I just, you know, I think that maybe the media needs to get hold of this. We need to hold these entities uh, you know, accountable for the sorts of things that they're doing. Um, I believe that if government was to, would listen to uh, people about, and, and crime is probably one of the most important things why many people leave this, this, this uh, country. And even the lady that you were talking to earlier says to you, look, come back. We know that it's out of proportion. It mm. is out of proportion. Uh, if government would just listen to the researchers in South Africa as to what they need to do, we could easily, uh, and I'm being very serious, mm. easily start to tackle some of the critical issues that we face in South Africa. I'm, I'm really, I mean, I hear, I hear the passion in your voice and I understand exactly where you're coming from and I'm listening to you talk about two hours. And can you imagine those who, who the police just never arrive at their doorstep because those those stories are there. And and I can understand, I can understand the frustration. And Angel, when you hear people say this, do you guys engage with government, by the way, Angel? Thanks very much for that, Craig. Extent, and we we um, do put thought pieces out there. Mm. I think um, you know my heart breaks for you, Craig, and I'm so sorry. And, and I think you have um, gone through that um, criminal um, experience; must have been really scary. I think what I think you know when we look at the critical issues for government currently on the table, we as South Africa have one of the highest Gini coefficients in the world. The gap between rich and poor in mm-hmm. South Africa is the widest, mm. and we do unfortunately have people out there who don't have a roof over their head, who are starving hungry, who, who do need to resort sometimes or too often to, to criminal activity. And I think that, you know, to think that just strong punitive justice is the way to solve it is not necessarily the only way of looking at it. I think that, you know, we remember that when skilled professionals return home, for every one skilled person that comes back, five new jobs are created in the informal and formal sector. And that ripple effect to try and work together to uplift the rest of the community out of poverty is really the, the attitude that we like to take. And I'd encourage, you know, how we could get involved. There's a wonderful website called communityhoursa.co.za, and that's where you can volunteer to help in different communities, to help in rural areas, to help in more um, poverty-stricken um, areas, to really help and uplift. It's a long cycle. It's going to take a long time. But I think just to think that crime is the only critical issue, it, it, it is critical, but it's not the only one. Sure. I mean, I'm listening to Angel and it's, 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 it's almost easier said than done. You know, it's almost, mm-hmm. it's almost easier mm-hmm. said than done. And I do understand, I understand what Craig is saying. When you've experienced it, it really, mm. really, with all the love in the world you have for the country, it does leave a really big mark on your, on your soul. Virgil, in George High. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, thank you, Angel, for that answer now at uh, giving a lot of light on, uh, 
on what we actually experience. I'm an I'm an I'm a victim myself of crime, mm. uh, and so is my family. Mm. Uh, but uh, I want to know: is there a relationship? Is there anything political in people immigrating? Is there a relationship between people not wanting to accept our democratic dispensation, struggling to come to terms with our new order, and therefore they're leaving the country? Because I, I simply just think it's it's a very critical, uh, you know, factor in this entire immigration saga, mm. uh, because people are leaving the country en masse. And uh, I, I suspect there's, a, there's, there's some kind of connection between, between that. And then secondly, I agree with Angel, uh, and this is, a, this is a huge point that people need to understand, mm. particularly uh, when it comes to the white community. We don't condone crime, and we are not, uh, you know, um, uh, encouraging people to go into white communities and do, say, do crime and so on. But we got to look square into the eye, the... the, the, the issue of, of, of socio-economic conditions in previously disadvantaged communities and the contributing factors towards crime. I've listened to your previous conversation, debate with Fadil mm. Adams and those guys, mm. and I was hoping that they would touch on the, uh, you know, to justify the presence of the army and so on. They would, they would at least touch on the socio-economic conditions, mm. overcrowding in houses uh, and so on. And therefore, people resort to crime. And this is no justification. But had we started, you know, uh, 25 years earlier mm. in educating our people, uh, creating better conditions, better circumstances, it would not have been like this now. Yeah. Issue. But uh, the, the issue of immigration and uh, people leaving our country, the fact that we have black people in charge of the country, that black people are progressing to new positions, and so on. Is that a contributing factor, maybe? Interesting question there, Virgil. Very quickly, Angel, do you have an answer to that? The third reason for people leaving, for white South Africans, it is political stability. Wow. And I think, um, you know, there is the land grab worry, which is, I don't think, is, is re- real. But, but also the BEE. There's no question that as a pale male, um, you know, it, it's harder to find a role. Um, and so that, in terms of whether there's a racial question on it, that 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 is raised. Mm. However, you know, when Ramaphosa came in, we got floods and floods of excited South Africans of all races who wanted to come home. So um, I think it's the, in- the political instability versus, you know, black versus white in government. Sure. It's it's an interesting um, story that you've just told there, Angel, because, and I call it a story, because when you look mm. at the stats and the real the real facts on the table about how many white male are still holding on to senior jobs versus mm, no, opportunities. Right. It, it remains a story the, because it's not yeah. true. You still have no, right. the majority yeah. of white males sitting in high executive jobs and are not at mm. risk of losing their jobs as opposed to black male, for instance. You're right. And I'm at, I suppose the pale male for those graduates that come out of university yes. and that's why we say go and get some international experience. But I think it's again, it's the perception of yeah. the, you know, so it gets bandied about as, as, it, as a state. It's exactly that, it's perception. Angel Jones, I mean, listen, we, we didn't have enough time. Thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. She's a CEO of Homecoming Revolution, and that conversation will be available as a podcast. Let's go to Utsile Saku now for the very latest in headlines.